0: have today is for everybody. And I, you know, as, as you are preparing a message, I will tell you, as you are preparing a message, there is no time in my life that I can recall that I have felt so much oppression, so much attack, so much self-doubt, so much, so I felt so little There is something about preparing a message. You guys in Bible school know what I'm talking about. You've had to prepare a message. There is no time in your life where the devil is gonna wanna just squish you and squash you. And I am so reminded at how frail I am and and how timid I am and how just self-conscious that I am and how unintelligent that I am, but how powerful the Word is, and how powerful the Spirit of God is. And I want to tell you right now, it might not look at it, I might look like, you know, I have a a lot of energy and the Spirit is working through me, because it is. The Spirit is working through me. But it's not working through me because of anything that I have done in my own power. It's working through me because that's what the Spirit of God does when somebody who has little to give allows the Spirit of God to give a lot. Can I get an amen? I want to encourage you church. If I can do this, if I can, if I can talk about spiritual things, if I can help to spread the gospel, if I can talk to people about spiritual principles, if I can encourage people, you can do it too. Amen. Better than me. So get ready to go out into this world. Get ready to go out in Tampa Bay and allow God to use you. The, 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 if the smaller you feel, the more God's going to use you. I'm telling you right now. The less equipped that you feel, the more God is going to use you. The, la- the, 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 the smaller bit of power that you think you have, the spirit of God is going to do the work. All he needs is a willing vessel. All he needs is a willing vessel. Guys, I got to get into this message. All right, listen, I, I, wanna, I need to start this message with a praise report. And my praise report um, ties right into my message. But I want to ask you guys, did you guys see the prayer request that went out uh, about two weeks ago for my daughter, Aria. All right. If you saw that, that means A, you check your emails uh, or, or, and B, maybe you actually go out of your way to see these things and to pray for these people. And if you do, church, if you are actually looking those, at those prayer requests and you're taking the time to pray, I want to I thank you right now because that means you prayed for me, my family, and you prayed for my daughter. And um, it was actually Tina who had mentioned, hey, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could actually have a place where all those prayer requests, actually we can post the prayer, uh, praise reports. You know, wouldn't that be great? But I, I, and, and I think there is, and, and, and we can talk about that. Maybe we'll improve that. But I want to give you firsthand a praise report for your prayers and what the Spirit of the Lord has done for me and my family again. So uh, it was... Um, a couple Thursdays ago and we had just finished dinner um, I was the cook that day, which means we cooked on the grill. All right, so we had just finished grilling up some, uh, some meats. Do I have any Brazilian brothers in the house? Um, we're just finishing up grilling up some picanha. Uh, yeah, so um, we, we had just finished, and uh, the kids, our kids, uh, three children, had put, after dinner said, Guys, we have something for you. And we said, Oh, well, what do you have? They sat us on the couch and they put us through an entire uh, church service. They had this whole thing planned. They had been working on it all day. Uh, they had this whole thing's planned. They, uh, they pulled up YouTube. They put on Waymaker. They put on a couple worship songs. They knew all the moves, and they knew all the words, and they were worshiping with their hands raised. Right after that, uh, they take out the, the controller, and they ask, you know, how do you type in um, the crucifixion of Jesus? And they, they, t- they typed it in, and up was this animated video that they had already found, and they wanted to show us. So uh, Pastor Amy and I sat on the couch, and we watched this animated short video of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then my son gets up and gives us three topics of this video that we need to remember. And what this was is, and, and I was looking at my wife in astonishment, and I'm not here bragging on my children. There's a reason for this, I promise. Uh, I'm looking at my wife and I realize what they're doing is a, is a carbon copy of the church service that they experience over in the kids' ministry every single Sunday. So if you have your kids over in that church, service, I guarantee you that you've actually seen these things in your own home, like what I'm talking about, because I've heard reports just from people on the worship team of the things that Just blow our minds that our children are saying, that our children are doing, that our children are believing. And I want you guys to know that what happens over there is not babysitting, but what happens over there is extremely important because this next generation coming up is a a make it or break it generation for the kingdom of God. I'm telling you right now, and I'm not going to take any time because you guys have the news. You guys... Have eyes to see and ears to hear. You know what's happening out in America. You know what's happening around the world. I don't need to tell you that this generation coming up is lost. And I don't need to tell you how much this next generation needs Jesus. I don't need to tell you how much this next generation needs a revival. Because I know that you already know. But what I want to talk about today... Is this testimony? And um, so I, after after this after the service, this church service, we said, "All right, kids, that was that was amazing. You, did, you guys did wonderful. But it's time to go to bed. It's late. You need to get there. And you need to brush your teeth." So the kids ran off to brush their teeth, and uh, as Pastor Amy and I were you know cleaning up, we hear the worst sound as a parent that you can possibly hear, um, and it it's the sound of what sounded like a like a sack of potatoes, a big full. Sack of hard, hard potatoes get thrown up into the air and just crash down onto the hard floor. And, you know, as parents, you hear the sound, but you're, in your brain, that could be this, that could be this, that could be this, that could be this, that could be this. Could be this. But my, once my daughter Ella started screaming, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, you gotta come, you gotta come, you gotta come. We knew from the tone of her voice that that crash was something serious. And we ran into the room, and Aria, our youngest daughter, our three year old, had fallen off the top of Ella's bunk bed and, and hit her head on the ground. She was doing somersaults on top of the bunk bed and went right off of the edge, directly onto her head. And she laid on the floor and she wasn't moving. And my wife, she picked her up and she, she held her in her arms and we looked at her and Aria's eyes just rolled back in her head and her And her neck just went limp. And her eyes opened and her eyes rolled back and her her head flopped to the other side. We immediately started praying. We immediately started making phone calls. The prayer requests went out and we started praying in the spirit. We started praying against concussion. We started praying against brain damage. We started praying for healing. We prayed against swelling. We started believing it, that the Spirit of God would touch our daughter. But I'm telling you, the more we prayed, the, the worse that it looked. And she, she was unresponsive. She, could, she wouldn't answer questions. She couldn't remember anything. We, we realized that we needed to get in, into the car immediately, and we rushed her to the hospital. And we showed up in the ER, and as we're pulling up, we're praying, just in the car, um, My Pastor Amy's driving, and I'm in the back seat, and I'm holding my daughter, and I'm commanding her not to fall asleep, and I'm commanding her to, uh, to stay awake. I'm commanding her in, in her soul, in her spirit, in her body, um, uh, that, that she is healed, that she is whole, that she is healed, that she is whole. Uh, Aria, you're not going anywhere. Aria, you, you stay awake. You're with me. You're here. You're here. Do you see this? Do you see the light? What color is that? She couldn't answer anything. And we pulled up at this hospital, the same hospital, church. It's the same hospital that all my kids were born in. So it's the hospital that Ella was born in. And some of you know the testimony. I'm not gonna go into it much, but some of you know the testimony. Some of you might not. Um, but my, my firstborn, my daughter, she was born in this very hospital and she was born premature and her lungs could not receive oxygen. And they put her on the very best machines. She was premature, tiny, tiny, tiny little baby. And she was born... Um, Um, with a condition, and her her lungs would not receive oxygen. They put her on an oscillating ventilator that put gases into her, uh, piles and piles of IVs, and no matter what they did at the highest settings, they could get the oxygen in there, but it would not go into the blood, any. They could not detect any, any, and the doctors told us, the doctors told us that she wouldn't live, and then the doctors gave up, and they pulled Ella out of that incubator, and they Put, a, put her in our arms for us to say goodbye. And as we're looking at this hospital and pulling in, all these things start you know, just rushing back to you, as you would know as parents, and you know if you've ever been through anything like this, these thoughts just start rushing back, and we're remembering what the doctor said and all the fear, and, and I'm, I'm like, Lord, please don't let there be fear. Lord, don't let the doctors instill fear. But then I was reminded, you know what? We love the doctors we love them. We still have a great relationship with the doctors, but I'm telling you right now, we don't allow the doctors to call dead what God has called alive. We don't allow doctors to call dead what our God has called alive. And as we pulled into that place, we, I dropped off Pastor Amy and, and, and Aria, and they ran into the ER. She just bolted right in there with her. The head is still flopping around. Her eyes are still rolling. And I, and I go next door, and I park the car, and, and I have Ella, and I have Judah. And there's a reason I'm being so detailed with this story. Um, but I have Ella. I have Judah and I have, and I have Ella in my hands and, and I'm, I'm guiding them across the street and they're in my hands and I'm, and I'm pulling them across the street and Judah just starts saying, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. And before I could open my mouth to encourage my son, my nine-year-old daughter, staring at this hospital in front of her, before I could even say a word of encouragement, my nine-year-old daughter says, Judah, do you see this hospital? This is the same hospital that the doctor said that I was going to die in. And daddy went out to the car and daddy started crying out to God. And God said to daddy, all you need to do is believe. So they believed. And you know what, Judah, we're going to do the same thing right now. She's preaching as we're going across the street. I'm not saying she said a word. She started preaching. She said, Judah, we're going to do the same thing right now. We're going to believe that Aria is going to be healed in Jesus name. I could Church, I, it was like I was in some type of twilight zone. Like I I I couldn't believe this, but I I can, because you know what? If you knew the heritage that my daughter is under, (laughs) my daughter has been surrounded with this faith from the moment she was born, from her parents, from her parents' parents, from her parents' parents' parents, and her parents' 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 parents. But listen, but listen, but listen. She has been in this heritage of faith her whole life. And she was able to reach out into that heritage for a moment, and she was able to grab onto something that was more than her. She was able to grab onto what is her inheritance. And she was able to use it in that moment to bring peace to my son. We went into the hospital. And immediately, we already noticed Arya's eyes were not rolling in the back of her head anymore, and her neck was much, much more straight. They brought us back into uh, our, our own room, and they started doing MRIs on her, and they did x-rays on her. And we're praying over her. We did not stop praying. We're praying, and we're praying, and we're praying. Church, don't stop praying. I'm telling you right now, don't stop praying. Lord, the time, don't stop praying. Uh, We we got in there, we kept praying, we kept praying. And long story short, the doctors they came out and they said, We've looked at the MRIs, we've looked at the x-rays. They asked her, you know, how are you feeling? And Aria, all of a sudden she says, I don't have any pain. Aria says, It doesn't hurt. And 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 her head is not even swollen. She fell off of a bunk bed under a head. My kids have just bumped their head on the wall, just walking down and had a lump like this on their head. Like you guys parents, you've seen it, right? It's bumped their head a little bit, and there's an, an egg like this, not even, not, even the, 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 not even raised whatsoever. We kept praying, and you know the doctors looked and they said, "You know what? You guys can go home. She does not have a concussion. We're, we're, the only thing we can call this is a head trauma. Yeah, let's give glory to God) yeah. Let's give glory to God. The word says that we should share our testimony because our testimony builds the faith of the people around us. What good is it for you and for the body of Christ? What good is it for Tampa Bay if we're gonna keep our testimonies hidden under a bush? What good is it? Church, share your testimony. Share your testimony, big, small, and in between. Your testimony lets the people know around you that your God is real, that your God is powerful, that your God loves them, and what God has done for you, he can do it for them. Share it. Share your testimony. But church, how this really ties into my message is that moment when we were crossing that street. The Lord really, he just sat on my heart, you need to preach about godly heritage. You need to preach about godly heritage, and the biggest struggle that I had was, well, Lord, if I preach about godly heritage, that's really, maybe that's a message that I should just preach, like, maybe in our connect group, or Lord, maybe I should just preach that to people that just have young children, and the Lord brought me to a scripture, and he said, this message is for everybody, and this message is going to be part of, of, of a building block that, the church is going to use to reach Tampa Bay. So let me show this to you. It, uh, it is uh, 2 Timothy 1, 4 through 4-6. And church, open your eyes to the scripture. Open your eyes. Nothing that I can do has any power, but through the Holy Spirit and through the word of God, there is life-changing possibility in this room right now. N- nothing to do with me, but everything to do with the Word and everything to do with the Spirit and everything to do with your choice, okay? And I, what I mean by that is even your salvation, you had to make a choice to believe. So right now, you need to make a choice to believe that this Word is the Word of God and it means something. 2 Timothy 1, through 4-6, and this is Paul. Uh, he's speaking to Timothy, Paul, as far as the word is concerned, Paul doesn't have any children. Yet, every time you read Timothy, constantly Paul is calling Timothy his son. His son, his son, his son. So Paul writes and he says, my son, he says, I know that you have wept for me. And I'm reading from, uh, I'm reading from TPT. He says, I know you have wept for me, your spiritual father. So he recognizes that he is Timothy's spiritual father. And your tears are dear to me. I can't wait to see you again. I'm filled with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother, Lois. It was passed to your dear mother, Eunice. And it's clear that you two are following in the footsteps of their godly example. So he's showing the the godly heritage and the passing down of faith, the passing down of that mantle of faith from generation to generation. But listen, he goes on to say something else. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift of God, the Holy Spirit in you, imparted to you When I laid my hands upon you, my son. And what I see here in this scripture is I see a very clear message of two types of lineage. Of two types of lineage. Number one, I see a natural line. Your natural lineage, your mother, your father, your kids, your children, your family line where where a mantle of faith can be passed down from generation to generation but i also see a spiritual line there is a spiritual heritage and a spiritual line at work in this place and it is it is a principle of godliness and is it a principle of god that are what we do Now, what we say and what we believe can be passed from one person to the other. And even these things, such as uh, impartation of the Holy Spirit, uh, certain gifts, prophecy, these things can be imparted and passed down from spiritual father to spiritual son, from spiritual mother to spiritual daughter, from spiritual father to spiritual daughter, and all and everything in between, it can be passed down in the Spirit. Church, do you believe this? Are you seeing what I'm seeing here? Do you understand what I'm seeing here? So if you're sitting here saying, well, you know what? Um, godly heritage doesn't really apply to me because you know I don't have children or my children have already grown or I'm past that time or, or maybe I don't have children yet. Do not forsake your spiritual heritage and do not forsake the ability to raise up Spiritual sons and daughters underneath that you are responsible for, that you pour your life into, so that you may multiply the spiritual gifts that have been imparted to you by the Holy Spirit. Don't forsake it. Don't forsake it by the laying of the hands. This is why we still believe in these things today. You know, And and, and I don't like talking about other churches and that's not what I'm really gonna do. But what I wanna say is we need to keep time and we need to make priority for the laying on of the hands in the church, all right? You need to make a priority and we all need to make a priority that we become spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. But you know what? Just as we don't stay on the milk, there is a time in our life where we say, Lord, I stretch me, Lord, use me. Lord, guide me. Lord, make me more than this. And you become a spiritual father. And those things that the Lord has shown you and those things that the Lord has guided you to, you have the ability to not just keep them for yourself, but to pass them on to spiritual generations and they will pass them on to other spiritual generations and they will pass them on to other spiritual generations. This is a godly principle and I'll prove it to you. This is how God designed when he showed the law. This is how he designed that it would stay alive from generation to generation. It's a godly principle. And and, and in, the, in the Bible, when when. When Israel forsake the godly principle of passing things from generation to generation, the next generation was lost. Look at this, church. Uh, I want to ask you, who do you relate to? Uh, Maybe you relate to uh, the the grandparent. Maybe you relate to the parent. Maybe you relate to Timothy as a child. You know, maybe, maybe you are the grandparent. And maybe, maybe, you, you have, maybe you are passing this down to your, to, your parent, uh, to your children. Maybe you're passing these down to your children's children. Maybe you're the mother. Maybe you have the honor and the responsibility. Maybe you're the father. The honor and the responsibility of passing down a mantle. Maybe you're the son. Maybe you are pa- maybe you're receiving this from someone, someone above you. But listen, of any of these three, you have the ability to pass... And you have the ability to keep and you have the ability to stop the lineage for generations to come. You have the ability to stop the godly heritage from generations to come if you do not make it a priority to pass those things down now. You have the ability to end it. And just, just as there is a spiritual principle and a godly principle, uh, there is a wicked principle. That in the, you know, when, when we are born, the Bible says that we are born by the flesh of Adam, right? We are born with a sinful nature. Just as you can make a choice to pass down a godly heritage, so can you pass down generational curses. So can you pass down spiritual strongholds. So we say, Lord, I am not going to pass these things down. They break and they end now. I am going to protect my future generations. You know what? Same thing. When we're going to talk about a spiritual lineage, same thing in the spirit. You use your testimony. You use your testimony to stop these things in your life and to preach to the people around you, to the younger generations, to say, you know what? I used to do that but God changed me. And you know what? You have the ability of what was broken in your life. You can pass that mantle on to spiritual, the people around you and say, it doesn't have to be passed down to you. You can end this in your life now. The spirit of God allows it. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Um, Let's speak about receiving because you cannot pass on what you have not received. Which means that you have to make a choice to say, Lord, I want it. Lord, give it to me. Lord, what is your inheritance for me? I want these things of the Spirit, starting with salvation. And then I want your Holy Spirit in me. And then I want your Holy Spirit working in me. Lord, give this to me, Lord Jesus. Because if I don't receive it, Lord, I can't be used to give it. Give it to me. And uh, w- w- the scripture that comes to me is Ephesians one Ephesians 1.11. What has God given to you? What has God given to you? It says in the NLT, it says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance. I want everyone to say inheritance. inheritance. Yes. I'll say it again, inheritance. inheritance. Yes. I'm making you say it so that you remember this. This is important. Do you, did you guys know that you have been given an inheritance? I'm sure that some of you know this. Maybe some of you don't. You have been given an inheritance by our Father. Look at this. An inheritance from God for he chooses us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. If you're worried about the plans, he has got it all figured out. He's got it all figured out. And if you go to verse 14, it says, The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we will praise and that we will glorify him. He has given us the Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you is the ticket. The Holy Spirit that is dwelling inside of you has, has, is the evidence. The Holy Spirit that is dwelling inside of you, uh, it, the, the word says, is the guarantee. You are guaranteed. You are absolutely guaranteed the inheritance as promised. A spiritual heritage starts with an inheritance. A spiritual heritage that you are gonna pass down starts with an inheritance. You cannot give what you have not received. So if you have not received this inheritance, I'm gonna give you an option to receive this today. If If you don't know Jesus as your savior, that is the first step to stepping into the spiritual inheritance that the Lord has prepared before the foundations of the earth for you. Listen to this. What is an inheritance? What is an inheritance? Um, Just simply pulled up Merriam Webster Dictionary. And inheritance, if we have that. Inheritance, number one, something that is or may be inherited. Isn't that deep? Wow. That's so helpful. Thank you. You know what, though? It is important to, to understand that What that word inherited, I went and I clicked on it. I'm like, because that really doesn't do much. Inherited to receive from an ancestor as a right, as a title, descendable by law at the ancestor's death. So we're going to start with this title of inheritance. Let's talk about worldly inheritance just for a moment. A worldly inheritance, you go into a lawyer's office. There's a piece of paper. This is a will testimony, right? This is a piece of paper. And this paper tells you what your inheritance is. Maybe, you know, maybe it's uh, finances, stocks, cars, you know, airplanes. I don't know what family you guys come from, you know. Um, Jets, personal jets. Um, But but this piece of paper depicts what is your inheritance. But I'll tell you what, just as a song coming from here is just a song, a piece of paper with your inheritance is nothing but a piece of paper because you know what? I've heard of and some people choose not to take their inheritance. Some people make a choice not to take their inheritance. I don't want anyone in this room to live a life where you've chosen to not take on God's inheritance in your life because with God's inheritance comes the ability and comes the power of the Holy Spirit to change the atmosphere around you. Can I get an amen? Listen to this, the act of inheriting property. So we're talking about things, we're talking about physical things. Uh, B, the reception of genetic qualities by transmission from parent to offspring. And I'll tell you what, when I read that, I'm like, yeah, that's true, but I never thought about that as an inheritance. You know, whenever we think about inheritance, we think about stuff. Like, what can I get my hands on? What, wh- I, how much money is going to be in, in that inheritance, right? Am I, am I, I'm not lying here. Please tell me I'm not the only one. You know, when you think of the word inheritance, you think of stuff, right? But I want to tell you right now that if you shrink down the power and the ability of God's inheritance to stuff and to things and to money, then you've shrunk down his inheritance to nothing more powerful than a scratch-off ticket. The inheritance of our God is more powerful than a scratch-off ticket, which can be squandered immediately. But the inheritance of the Spirit of God is undeniably forever and is more powerful when you hand it down to your next generations. Because from a young age, they see it at work. I don't know at what age that you came to know the Lord. And you know what? In the spirit, God is able, at whatever age you are, it's never too late, your story is not done. Your story is not done. But I wanna tell you, when your children get this at a young age, they get a lot more story in God's presence. So listen to this. B, the reception of genetic qualities by transmission from parents to offspring. Genetic qualities. That's our eyes, the color of our eyes, our blood type. right? The way that we see, our mind, the way that we hear, our ears. Some of you got some funny ears from your parents, I'm just telling you. (laughs) I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm not looking at your ears. Listen, we, these genetic qualities pass down our inheritance. When you receive your inheritance, you no longer see in the flesh, but you see in the spirit. Pastor Rob's already preached about that. I don't need to go into that. You no longer hear in the flesh, but you hear in the spirit. This is his inheritance for you. And you know what? You get to enjoy some of it now. Because that's the type of God that we serve. The acquisition, number uh, C, the the acquisition of possessions, condition, or traits from past generations. Traits, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit are all bundled within these traits. That when you step into your inheritance, when you receive salvation, the traits that have been passed down into you from the spirit of Adam, from the spirit of death, no longer control your body, but your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit are now in a line. Pastor Rob's already preached. I'm not gonna go into any more of this. He does it way better. But listen, you walk into your inheritance and everything changes everything changes. Look at this. I want to ask you, are you passing on an inheritance? Are you passing on an inheritance? Have you received this inheritance from the Lord, and are you passing it on? Have you thought about this? Judges 2, 6 through 10 I'm getting close. You know what? Let's get the worship team up here. Uh, I'm getting close. But guys, I I just want to worship for a moment before we leave. I'm getting close. Judges 2, 6 through 10. After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord through the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. This is good. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance. um, At Timnath, Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash, After the whole, this is what I want to show you, after the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. After everything God had brought them through after every miracle, after the parting of the Red Sea, after, after, after every single uh, thing that, that God brought before Pharaoh and brought them out, after, after manna falling, after meat falling, after water coming out of a rock, after everything, after everything, they did not know the Lord. And the reason that they did not know the Lord is because The generations had forgotten the command to pass down the good news, to pass down the law, to pass down the principles, to pass down the testimonies, to pass down the heritage, to pass down the inheritance. They had forgotten to do what the Lord had instructed them to do, and they lost a generation. Church, we are not going to lose this generation. We are, not, we are going to learn from mistakes of the past, and we are not going to repeat mistakes from the past. The, this is scripture for a reason. Look at this. This made the Lord angry. The scripture says this made the Lord angry. And do you know why the, this made the Lord angry? Because he had given them very clear, practical guidance on how to not let this happen. Look at this scripture. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen 18 through 21 in the NIV. Church, get this. This is not, this right here, this right here is not for the Israelites only. This is for you right now and right right today. I heard a lot of amens. I heard a lot of amens coming out of this place when we talked about building the kingdom of God. But this is where it starts. And if you gave me permission to be practical, then give me permission to be practical. All right, look at this. Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 21. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and your minds. Fix these words of mine in your heart and your minds. Tie them as symbols to your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk alone on the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land of the Lord. Swore to give your, uh, In the land of your Lord, swore to give your ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are are above the earth. So number one, fix these words. Fix these words on your hearts and on your minds. Church, get the word of God in your hearts. Get the word of God in your minds. Let the word of God be bread that you crave daily. I need more. I want more. I need more. I want more. Because what you do not crave, you do not eat. What you do not eat, you cannot give to the next generation. Crave it so that you can give it. Crave it so you can give it. Number two, teach them. And church, I just said, they do a great job over there. I, I, I've heard testimonies. Izzy has told me about the things that Michaela says in, you know, as, as he's walking by. He hears his daughter in there preaching, teaching. He hears his daughter worshiping. Um, Jeanette has told me about uh, her daughter saying, you know what, I'm going to school tomorrow and I'm gonna lead so-and-so to the Lord. Amen. Guys, it's happening in the generations. It's happening right here in the church. What happens over there next door, though, isn't enough if it's not being taught at home. It's not enough if it's not being taught at home. Because what happens over there in 90 minutes can be totally destroyed on the car ride home. Totally destroyed on the car ride home by your attitudes, by my attitudes, by the things that we say. Because our lives preach louder than our words. Our actions speak louder than our words. What are you preaching to your children with your life? What are you preaching to the people you work with with your life? What are you preaching to the people in this church with your life, to your friends and to your family? What is your life preaching? Is it goodness? Is it holiness? Is your life full of testimony? And I'm, not, and I'm saying, you guys, you all have testimony you know what? Are you saved? That's a miracle. You've got a testimony. Are you changed? Yes, it's a testimony. Has he delivered you? Has he healed you? Has he set you free? Church, you've got a testimony. Don't get quiet on me. You've got a testimony. Thank God for a testimony in your life. Teach them. Teach it to the generations to come. Teach it to the people around you with your life. You know, make conscious priority. It says to tie them. It says tie them to your hands and to your foreheads. Uh, I remember when I was young, I saw my friend, he had tied a string onto his finger. And I don't know, maybe you guys had done this when you were, when you were young, uh, but he had tied a string on his finger. I said, oh, what's that for? Oh, it's so I remember to do something. It was before cell phones. You couldn't set reminders, so you just tied stuff to you. Am I the only one? Was it just my weird friend? Okay, so someone, you've seen this. Tie something. Church, tying it to you means that you make a conscious decision. And you know what? You want to be practical about it. It sounds so boring when you get practical about it, okay? But maybe you got to take out your phone and ask Siri to remind you to get into the word. You know what? I would rather see that than to not see it happen at all. If we got to be practical about it, you know what? You got to tie something to you. You got to paint something on your forehead. I'd rather see you guys. I'd rather see us walking around with junk on our forehead than to see us walking around with no, no word in us, with no life in us. Let's look funny. I don't care. Let's have, let's have the spirit of God working in us though. Tie it to yourself. Tie it to yourself. Number four, you got to live it. Look at, look at this. Look what, look what it says here. Talk about it when you sit at home. Talk about it when you walk down the road. Well, you're probably not walking down the road, but you're driving down the road. Talk about it in the car. What are you talking about with your kids in the car? Do you spend more time telling your kids to be quiet? Maybe they should be listening to you speak. I'm preaching to myself, church, don't don't get offended at me. I'm preaching, this hurts me more than it hurts anyone else. But you ask your children to be quiet, they'll be quiet when you start preaching to them and start teaching them and start giving them godly principles that they see actually manifesting in our lives. They'll be real quiet because they want to hear it. And you know what? In the times when you're being quiet because your son is scared and you hesitate just for a moment to speak, they're the ones that are going to start opening up their mouths and start preaching to the people around them. Just like I see. Just simple testimonies just from the people that I'm closest with of what their children are doing. Church, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. But if we stop, it stops. If we stop teaching, if we stop preaching, if we stop encouraging, if we stop sharing our testimony, say goodbye to the next generation and say goodbye to the future of the kingdom of God. Last one guys, pray, lay your hands. Just as Paul said with Timothy, pray, put your hands, Put your hands on your children's head and pray over them. Pray a blessing on them that transcends from their generations to their generations. And remember, church, I'm not, no, I'm not talking to parents here. I'm talking to everybody here. Become a spiritual mother. Become a spiritual mo- grandmother. Become a spiritual father. Become a spiritual grandfather. And lay your hands on these children, on these young people, on these, uh, these newbies in the faith so that they might rise up and that they might be the next ones to lay their hands, and they may be the next ones to lay their hands. This is practical steps to building the kingdom, and you know what? Sometimes we want to hear things so spiritual that it's so exciting, but then nothing happens. Let's be practical, and let's make it happen today, church. I want to build the kingdom of God. I want to see Tampa come to God. I want to see people's lives change. I want to see addiction broken off of people. I want to see people learn to praise and to worship the king of kings. I want to see it happen. But it won't happen and it can't happen by one man, Pastor Rob. It can't. It can't. That's not how the spirit of God works. It doesn't happen by one. It happens by many, by multiplication by multiplication. Take it on, church. Be encouraged. Be excited. Let's go together Let's let April just be an absolute slaying of the enemy. Let's let April be a building of the kingdom of God. Let's do this together. Let's see Tampa Bay changed for the glory of God. And let's see a godly heritage come on to Tampa Bay, where Tampa Bay as a whole says, we are going to pass this thing down to the next generation, and we're going to see revival fire start stirring up in our kids and in our schools. Let It starts today. And it starts with prayer. And the last is love. Yeah. What are any of these things if you don't love your child? Amen. What are any of these things if you don't love the people around you? Amen. What does a testimony mean to anybody if the next thing you say is a fiery dart of hatred? <laughs> what, what, what good is it to share what the Lord has done? Or to, or to say, look what my kids have done if you don't love people if we don't love the people around us. Church, if we don't love each other, if we don't love one another, if we can't do it in the house of the Lord, we're not gonna do it out there. If I can't love this man in here, I am not gonna love him out there. If we don't learn to love each other in this place, we're not gonna be able to do it out there. Futile asking the Lord to use you to reach to reach people if you don't love people. No. You'll get so burned out so quick yeah. because you're gonna see no results. Yeah. First start loving and then start reaching. Yeah. The same is with your children. Yes, go ahead, give them glory, give them glory. Guys, this wasn't even written down, all right? This wasn't even written down. I was here till three o'clock in the morning staring at a computer screen and I wrote nothing. I'm not kidding, guys. I wrote, I wrote nothing. Yes, I have notes, but it's mostly just scripture. I wrote nothing, and I thought to myself, I wonder if I could run away. <laughs> they think of joking. I literally thought if I could just run away. Like, like what if I just call up like, the worship team and we just do a worship? Guys, I honestly, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not even making a joke. I literally thought we'll make a worship service tomorrow because God can't use me. We'll do a worship service tomorrow because at least I know that I can worship the King of Kings because I love him so much. But I can't speak. I can't remember things. I fumble over my words, but not when the Spirit's moving. And church, if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. And if he can do it for you, he can do it for Tampa Bay. Do you guys think Tampa Bay is too big for God? Do you guys think that the kingdom of darkness that's over Tampa Bay is too big for God? Are you guys afraid of something that God's already defeated? Then let us go together. Go on, let's stand up. Let's stand up. I want to give a moment right here to say that as I'm preaching about inheritance, I'm preaching about something that's already been given to those who have accepted Jesus as their savior. You guys can start playing. I'm talking about something that's already been given to you. You just need to reach out and grab it. It's already there. It's already written. Just like a will, just like an inheritance on this earth, often written in advance, they're sitting there, they're ready, they're waiting. But this inheritance was given to you when your father died, but your father didn't stay dead. <laughs> it's a whole nother message, uh, but it's, it, 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 it's like, it's like the, the greatest heist in history. It puts Ocean's 11 to absolute shame. The greatest heist in history, where the King of Kings came down to this earth, made himself flesh, was crucified with every one of your sins on his head and on his shoulders and he went into that grave and you know that the principalities of darkness started rejoicing thinking it was over and it was done right we're getting ahead of ourselves it's not easter yet but listen but listen You hear often that if the principalities of darkness knew what was going to happen, they wouldn't have crucified him because then came our salvation. But you know what? More than our salvation, there came our inheritance. The king died and we received our inheritance, but the king was risen again. And there was given that spirit that rose him from the dead inside of your heart, inside of you, that leads you and guides you to this very day. That spirit is what's going to lead and guide you into Tampa Bay. So I want to ask you, if anybody in this room wants to receive this inheritance and wants to be part of passing it on to the people around you, but you have never made the decision, or maybe you did in the past, but you know that you haven't been living it. If you want to make that decision today, I want every head bowed, We're not here to embarrass anybody. We're not here to make anyone feel like they're being used. But we want to build the kingdom. And if that means one is added to the kingdom, then it was worth it. So I want to ask you, if you do not know Jesus as your personal savior today, I want to share inheritance of my father with you i want you to receive what the word says is rightfully yours when you receive it so go ahead and put your hand up right now if you have never asked jesus into your heart and you want to do it right now we're going to pray over you we're going to pray with you we're going to love you we're going to disciple you we're not going to leave you it's not what god would do If you have never asked Jesus into your heart and you want to do it right now, go ahead and just raise your hand right up into the air. Thank you. Anybody else? You can put your hand down, sir. Anybody else? Anybody else that right now you want to give your life to Jesus because you know that there's more? Anybody else that has said in their hearts, I don't know if there's a God, but says, you know what? I was wrong. Anybody in this room, you just put your hand up right now and you say, I want that Jesus. I want that Jesus. Go ahead, one more opera, thank you, thank you. This is a big deal. We're gonna celebrate this right now. Do I got one more? Is there one more in this room? Church, if you're saved, just start praying right now. Just start praying right now. I see your hand, I see your hand. If you're saved, If you've already done this, just start praying right now. If you shouted earlier and said, yeah, I wanna be a part of building the kingdom, well, do it right now, start praying. Start praying. Is there one more decision in this room right now? This is last call, this is your last chance. I'm not gonna prolong it any longer. Is there one more hand? put it up high. Is there one more hand that says, I want to accept Jesus right now as my personal Lord and my personal Savior? Is there one more? I want to ask you, if you put your hand up, there was three hands. If you put your hand up, will you repeat this after me? In fact, will everyone repeat this after me? Dear God, I thank you for the sacrifice you made for me. And I'm not going to let it go in vain. I ask you, Jesus, to be my personal Lord and my personal savior. I pray, Lord, that you will guide me, that you will fill me with your word, That you will break off the chains of my life and that Lord you will raise me up to be who you called me to be in Jesus name we pray amen come on guys guys you want to build the kingdom that's three that's three for the kingdom today and we're not gonna leave you and we're not gonna let you on your own But we want to disciple you. So I want the three of you right after service, come and see me because there's more. There's more than just a choice because there is the word of God that is life and life abundantly that I want you to hunger after. I want you to become the next pillar. I want you to become the next one to reach out to the next person. It can't end with you. You're just the beginning and maybe you're the beginning of a godly heritage. Come on, let's give God some glory. Church, I know I went a little longer than I was planning, but my father, whenever he would finish a church service, he would pray this blessing over the congregation. And I love the opportunity. Can I pray a blessing over you? And then can we just for a moment, can we just worship on that blessing? just for a moment, just for a moment. He's so good. Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord, go ahead and close your eyes, raise your hands, receive this. Get into a posture of receiving. Let's be practical. Let's put our minds on it. Let's Let's not let it just be words, but let's receive this. The Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Church, you're gonna go with peace today, but before we leave, one more opportunity to worship the King of Kings. Guys, can we spend three minutes? Can we give the God three can we give God three more minutes of our time? Can we give God three minutes of our time? I'm gonna ask you to get out of your seats and together we're gonna spend three minutes glorifying the King of Kings right here, right now. There's no reason not to leave your seats. We're not going back to them. Come on up front, let's start moving up. Let's start moving up. If you don't move three minutes, it's gonna turn into four. Come on, let's go. Let's go, let's start to worship. Let's start to worship. obey that is how it's going to be for the kingdom of God are you here to build the kingdom of God can we do this together can we do it by the spirit of God can we do it by our own flesh so let the spirit of God guide you as you leave this place Get into the Word. Get hungry for it. And let the Spirit of God come alive in you so that you can be a part of the great building of the kingdom of God. Church, what time is service on Sunday? And? Are you going to invite somebody? Hey, be honest. Be honest. Let's get the Word out there. Let's be practical. You guys got social media? Post the church page. Post the start time. Do something, make it a little step, but let's build the kingdom of God together. Church, be blessed in your coming, be blessed in your going. Be blessed this week, Come ready, eager, and prepared to give God the ultimate praise and worship next week. I love you, I pray blessing over you. Go in the name of Jesus, thank you.